0: Feeling bogged down by your daily grind? Not living up to your greatest potential? Then it's time to turn up the heat and get real with what truly matters, be it family, career, wellness, spirituality, or anything else that fuels your inner flame. Join Fire It Up with CJ as this respected life coach talks to a wide range of experts and everyday people for their inspiring and unconventional ideas to help you make the most from your life. Equal parts heart-warmer, cheerleader, and butt-kicker, C.J. Lou draws on her extensive experience in business and life coaching, along with her intuition and playful humor to address meaningful topics with truth and irreverence. It takes just one spark to ignite a fire. Now, here's your host, C.J.
1: Hi, I'm CJ Liu, and you're listening to Fired Up with CJ on the Transformation Talk Radio Network. Talk radio to spark your curiosity, illuminate your spirit, and fire you up into action right here, right now, and every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today we have two parts of our program. The first part is with Professor Pepper Schwartz, who is a professor of sociology at the University of Washington and the author of numerous, 16 different books, the most recent called in 2007 Prime where Pepper shares her most intimate experiences as a single woman exploring sex and love in the prime of her life, which I love and because that's what this first half is all about, is how can you be um, in your prime having a juicy, hot sex life as you uh, are sagging, wrinkled, and um, graying. <laughs> Welcome, Pepper what a picture <laughs> i know how can you be lush while you're still with parts of your body are dying off i don't know um <laughs> maybe well, you I can answer that as our first question
2: from you know you don't have to let them die you know there's exercise there's weightlifting, there's you know taking care of yourself you know we really think that uh we hold ourselves to a standard of being 25 or 30 but you really if I really believe that if you take care of yourself you you'll have a bottle that does a bottle, you'll have a body that that does pretty much what you want it to do most of the time, even into, you know, what we used to call old age.
1: Okay, what does that mean? What can I what how is that gonna help my body? What are the things I wanna do and how and what should I be doing aside from you know, I hear the exercising and things like that, but how is that important?
2: Well, um muscle tone is going to change the way your skin feels, the way your skin hugs your body. Um, if you want a body that kind of has, you know, coheres and, and doesn't look um, kind of sloppy on you or feel like it isn't your body anymore, if you do weightlifting and leg exercises and do some aerobics, your body may have some wrinkles in it, but it'll still have skin tone. It'll still feel, uh, you'll still feel strong. You'll still feel... Um, like your body is something you enjoy and that changes your mind. Um, Likewise, you know, if you don't stop having sex, um, you won't lose that capacity. Um, You know, our our sexual organs are pretty much like um, the rest of our body. If I stopped using my left arm for the last 10 years, uh, guess what? I wouldn't be able to pick up a spoon. Um, But if I keep, you know, using both my arms, they're pretty strong. And the same way is true about your your genitals. I mean, they really have to be used to to keep working. Um, you can regenerate them, but it's a whole lot harder to regenerate something than just to keep it up.
1: Ah, I love it. So I'm going to tell my husband, since I'm a workout a holic, that um, this is actually I need to get my sexual organs in back in shape, and that's how he should convince me to have sex more often. <laughs> You He'll found the golden the beam go for my husband. He will be so happy. This is actually me working out. Okay, so <laughs> I want to say what I find so incredibly fascinating is that you have these, like, incredible – you you're this lush, juicy, sexy woman, and then you have this – that you and, you, you know, you reveal your exploits in your book. And then you have this traditional role as a professor – and while we've seen numerous X-rated movies of the sexy professor, um, <laughs> <laughs> what's really the life of a sexy professor? What is it like with those two? It seems so different, these two roles.
2: Well, I, th- I think we all have a lot of roles in our life. I mean, for example, you know, somebody may be the comptroller of a, 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 a big corporation, but when they go home, you know, who knows what they dress up in for their sex life. I mean, you know, they, they need to, if one takes the mindset of like, I'm a financial analyst into bed, you know, that might not be a lovely sex life, but the best of us separate, you know, all of what we are and say, you know, I'm, when I'm playing, I'm this and when I'm working, I'm that. And so I think for me, of course, I study sex and I study relationships. So for me, my work and my play aren't so different. But even then, I mean, when I'm doing, when I'm, I I do take, parts of me go into into each part of me. For example, I mean, I I am an analytic person. I have been trained to be a social scientist. You know, I examine things even in myself with, you know, that kind of mindset. But um, when I'm in front of a class, I want to be in control. When I'm in bed with my partner, I might not want to be in control. Um, Those are, you know, ways to kind of fit who different parts of your personality to the circumstances you're in and um i think the important thing is to know which is appropriate for what moment
1: <laughs> have you ever gotten confused where um your uh, partner is doing something or are like that's funny because this reminds me of a study <laughs> do you ever find these to, things kind of combining I, in strange ways
2: i have been accused of that <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, have, I haven't said, like, this reminds me of a study, but I might I might say something like, you know, go into some long speech about, you know, how orgasm changes over the life cycle or whatever. And, you know, my partner will say, will you get out of your head and into your body? And I go, mm, right, right. Okay, okay. Okay, back to business. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, that's too funny. So going back to like you, you had said that your next speech is all about the life cycle of, of 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 sex and our attitudes. what's that all about? Tell me a little bit about what
2: what you mean about that. Sure. Well, I'm at the Pacific Sociological Association meetings, and you know, like every profession, it has its own um, professional meetings where people share data and research and and they also talk about career things but but my session is about uh sexuality and intimacy um across the life cycle and i have a research looking at 2009 data from the AARP study and 2010 study uh data from Indiana University sexuality study um taking a look at sort of the life cycle from about 40 on um yeah, okay. and saying well you know, what is it looking like? Why is it looking this way? How can we expect it to change in terms of differences or similarities to previous generations? And, and you know, do, using the database to tell colleagues who will be in the office, you know, some audience, um, what kinds of things they, they should know about what I've studied.
1: Right, so let's actually go through that. I know it's it's hard because this is a you know really short period of time, but at a very high level, what are the big changes that happen? at say your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. What can we what can we look forward
2: to, <laughs> or dread? How different. Well, I think you know. I mean, the first thing is to say that the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s are all different from each other. You know, we've mm-hmm. often taken this big black box and said, well, okay. So tell us over a certain age what sex is like. Well, it's different at every age. Um, and it doesn't mean that it will be different for the next generation of people going into those ages. We can look at what people are doing now, what people have done before, and then it's not clear if that will be the same um, for people coming in. For example, you know, the 70s and 80s are now much different because of Viagra, because yeah. of silicone lubricants, because of things technology we brought to bear it extends sexual ability and you know supports sexual, sexual intercourse or sexual performance. So that's different from people who either didn't have it available or wouldn't have felt good using it even if they did have it available. So right. that's different. And I think my data indicates that the 40s are really quite different than the 50s and 60s. 40s have a lot more sexuality um, in them. Um, people are doing more things more times. Things slowed down significantly in the 50s and 60s, but the 50s and 60s, and this might be good news, um, are very much like each other. So in other words, the 60s don't look so different from the 50s, um, and the 50s look better than they used to in terms of, you know, how often and um, how important and how satisfying sex is. Things change for people in the 70s, partially because a lot of people lose partners and don't regain partners If people have a partner throughout the life cycle, they're much more likely to have a continuous sex life. Um, What happens is often people lose their partner through death or divorce by 70s and then don't replace them. But if they do, they're much happier than the people who are without partners, much more likely to have a full sexual life. Don't have as much data on the 80s um, because people haven't studied it as well. But again, my from the data I do have available, that if people have a steady partner and they were having sex in the 70s, they're very likely to be having it in the 80s too. I'm so
1: glad that I can have sex when my 70s. Um, <laughs> I think it's That's great. And it's inter- inter- I mean, it's very interesting to hear about the life cycle. I've often wondered about that. Um, so when we get back, Dr. Pepper Schwartz, Professor of Sociology at the University of Washington on the Transformation Talk Radio. Um, up next, we're going to talk about um, what we're told about sex in an early age and how it affects our views on sex. Uh, you want to know more about Pepper or listen to our shows like this or other ones, check it out on www.firedupwithcj.com.
0: bogged down by your daily grind not living up to your greatest potential then it's time to turn up the heat and get real with what truly matters be it family career wellness spirituality or anything else that fuels your inner flame join fire it up with cj as this respected life coach talks to a wide range of experts and everyday people for their inspiring and unconventional ideas to help you make the most from your life Equal parts heartwarmer, cheerleader, and butt-kicker, C.J. Liu draws on her extensive experience in business and life coaching, along with her intuition and playful humor, to address meaningful topics with truth and irreverence. It takes just one spark to ignite a fire. For dates and showtimes, visit www.fireitupwithcj.com or www.transformationtalkradio.com. Feeling bogged down by your daily grind? Not living up to your greatest potential? Then it's time to turn up the heat and get real with what truly matters, be it family, career, wellness, spirituality, or anything else that fuels your inner flame. Join Fire It Up with CJ as this respected life coach talks to a wide range of experts and everyday people for their inspiring and unconventional ideas to help you make the most from your life. Equal parts heartwarmer, cheerleader, and butt-kicker, C.J. Lou draws on her extensive experience in business and life coaching, along with her intuition and playful humor, to address meaningful topics with truth and irreverence. It takes just one spark to ignite a fire. For dates and showtimes, Visit www.fireitupwithcj.com or www.fireitupwithcj.com.
3: It's March Madness at Central Auto Group in Plainfield. Home of Ford, Mazda, and Hyundai. Central is the number one buying destination year after year. Plus over 150 pre-owned in stock with prices to rock. And the most certified pre-owned cars starting at $4,995. Central has a car for everyone. They guarantee your credit approval and guarantee you up to $6,000 for your trade. At Central Hyundai, the 2011 Sonata will save you a fistful of money on gas. And drive it for $179 a month. At Central Mazda, drive the Mazda 3 for $189 a month. At Central Ford, the 2011 F-150. Drive it for $199 a month. Plus, America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000 miles. Central will meet any dealer's price or give you $2,000. Test drive Central Auto Group CT.com and see the savings. Central, exit 87 off 395 open 7 days. Call 860- 564-4014. All roads lead to Central. Your number one buying destination. Central, Central Auto Group.
4: So this may sound simple, but when you're planning a road trip, you have to figure out where you're going first. With the Take Shape for Life program, the destination is living life at optimal health. So what does that mean? It means more energy. It means less medications. And yes, it means losing the extra pounds, which is actually part of the getting there. Talk to a Take Shape for Life health coach who's been there. Listen to their story and their journey. Call 877-520-SIMPLE. That's 877-520-SIMPLE. Results will vary. Talk to your doctor
3: before starting program. Call for details. 1230 WBLQ. You're listening to Fire It Up with CJ on Stereo 1230 WBLQ and streaming worldwide on the Internet at WBLQ.net.
1: Hi, the industry's leading expert, Dr. Pepper Schwartz, on Fired Up with CJ on the Transformation Talk Radio Network. Up next, uh, Dr. Pepper Schwartz talking about uh, what we were told about sex at an early age and how it affects our views on sex. Um, is Pepper Saler? Are you there, Pepper? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Oh, good. No Hi. Sorry about that. We lost you on the line before. So. You know, i I was, um, at a lecture where you told this wonderful story about your first experience, um, of, uh, teaching your girlfriends about sex in the closet of your home. Um, <laughs> okay. and I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. Um, can you just share with us quickly the story and then, um, I wanted to focus on how you would contrast your upbringing to the upbringing of your girlfriends and what allowed you that kind of freedom to be a sex educator at the age of, I don't know, I don't know how old you were when 11. You started. I was 11. Eleven. <laughs> so yeah. tell us quickly about the story and how that, you know, what your parents did to allow you to have that freedom.
2: Well, my mother told me 11, because I just started menstruating, I guess she thought I should know about sex, that um, um, she was going to give me a sex education book and she said, I'll put it in the linen closet and then... You want to see this? You can go to the linen closet. I don't know why she didn't trust me. She just put in my room, but anyhow. So now it's just a joke that I, you know, I get a little turned on every time I have a hot towel. But um, <laughs> so I would go to the linen closet and see this uh, book. And then one day, uh, my girlfriend Francie came running over and crying and sobbing. And when I could get her to tell me what was wrong, she said, "Well, her mother had caught her touching herself down there and told her she was evil and going to hell." and i said oh you are not going to hell come with me to the linen closet and i'll show you (laughs) what i know and so it said there that you know masturbation was healthy and okay and it was normal and she felt much better and so i went to my mother and i said mom i told her this story and i said we've saved francie we could save others and my mother amazingly enough um called up the mothers of some of my girlfriends and said, we're going to be talking about sex in our naughty fine basement. Would you like your daughter to come? And then for about the next year, we talked about sex in various ways. It was amazing.
1: That is incredible. It was like the first time. I mean, how do you contrast? I mean, were there certain moms who are like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. I don't think my daughter's ready for that or I don't want to go. Or how, What were the attitudes at that time? Well, we're talking
2: 1956. Um, so <laughs> the attitudes were, you know, very um, conservative and embarrassed. Although my mother was ahead of her time, I guess she'd been a little bohemian when she was younger, and while she'd had to go the straight and narrow as women of those time had to, I think she she really felt that you know she'd read Kinsey. She felt that there was there was a healthy, educated way to look at sexuality, and so that's what she brought to me. Um, and I think that was um, very unusual because. Um, you know, I think it's more typical to get those terrible things that Francie's mother told her. Uh, people were ignorant. They had a lot of myths about sexuality. They were frightened of it. Um, they hadn't prepared for it, and so they passed on those kinds of uh, either feelings to their kids or just don't talk about it and I don't want to know about it and all I can tell you is it's wrong. And uh, that's the climate that the baby boom generation uh, railed against and changed when we came of dating age in a much more lush economy and we all had access to cars and there was more privacy and we could do things privately that our parents wouldn't know about um, and cities grew and so all your neighbors wouldn't know exactly what you know to talk to your mother um, and so it changed uh, that was the sexual beginnings of the sexual revolution which took on these prohibitions and a lot of misogyny, a lot of negative stuff about women, women were sluts, women were all that. There's still all that kind of stuff floating around. But, and, of course, in some countries it's desperately dangerous to be a sexual person as an unmarried woman, but, um, but things have gone, gotten better in the United States, and now we at least talk about it maybe too much, I think some people say, but, but if you have questions, you just go on the Internet and find out a decent answer. So it's mm-hmm. changed a lot.
1: Do you see, like you know, now with uh, you know, I've actually just had um, Julie Metzger and Rob Lehman, who are experts about talking to, about to kids about puberty and sex, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like there's just definitely, even though there's there was a sexual revolution, and still people know way more than they did before. There's definitely a movement, kind of a more conservative movement, kicking up again. Um, do you think that we're still? I mean, what are your thoughts about that movement first?
2: Yeah, well I mean there's there's always been a conservative group in the United States and they have those fears about sexuality. If you know something you'll do it. I mean, you know, I I know a lot of things that I don't want to do and I think the whole concept's wrong and mostly it's fear based and anxiety based, which I think is a very bad way to deal with anything. But I'll tell you, it's not just young people, you know, I mean the these these um uh conservatives, you know, um are focused on young people but they're also focused on everyone. They're anti birth control. They're anything that allows sexuality outside of their own moral framework. Um and they they wouldn't like it for, you know, older people either. I mean, they they think sex is the, is the great satan and uh you know, I obviously disagree with them.
1: Yeah. What I mean, if you were to walk into their perspective, what what why is sex the great satan?
2: Well, um, first of all, they're afraid that um, I mean they're religious people often, so they think it, it's uh, you know it's against some of the ideas of the Bible, lust, etc. You know, uh, the Pope at one point said, "Lust in your heart, even for your own spouse, is bad. Lust is a bad emotion." Um, mm. And so there's some religious prohibitions and in various religions, not just Catholicism by any means. Um, and then there is the way they think, okay, high divorce rate, people leave each other, it's bad for children, sexuality leads us into a path with, um, where kids might be born out of wedlock, where inappropriate alliances are made because of lust rather than love. Um, you know, we're seeing a soaring divorce rate. What we need to do is go back to old-fashioned conservative principles. I mean, a lot of things that they're worried about, we could all say, yeah, we don't like those either. But what they think is causing them and what I think is causing them um, are different.
1: What do you think is causing them?
2: Well, I don't think sexuality is causing divorce. I think high expectations, um, ease of repartnering, um, a feeling of of uh, much more information about what's possible in relationships, um, economic... Um, ability to to be able to take care of oneself and not be stuck in a relationship that one doesn't want not because of love but because of no other options and, uh, and mm-hmm. difficult economic principles i mean I think there's a whole change in society that's created a divorce rate and I think sexuality is a relatively small part of it now people may use sexuality to get out of a relationship or connect with someone else or you know create passion that leads them down a road that is going to be a you know, unsuitable partner and certainly the much younger kids like age 14 or something like that. You know, we're all frightened that they will have, uh, you know, make commitments or get in trouble way before they're adult enough to make good choices about their life. But I believe that you give people good good options in their life. We know that, for example, that kids that um, are going to go to college, for example, are much less likely to get pregnant. Out of wedlock mm-hmm. because they have goals that they want to fulfill. So it's yeah. hardly the sex that um, generally creates, I think, um, a disorganized future. But rather, um, low self-esteem, not enough options, um, a closed, a feeling of of, of of a closed society where you can't get out and do new dreams and make good choices. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. I think that are sociologically explain the divorce rate and having kids kids having kids and things like that, which, by the way, has gone down. For the most part, we have fewer kids having kids, even though we have more sex.
1: Yeah, interesting. What are still the things that we're still ignorant, still have myths about that, aside from the things that we just talked about, that you think, you know, please, why do we still have this? What are some things that just kind of rub you? I mean, the biggest...
2: One is the homophobic problem. I mean, this vision that, you know, we can't have gay men and women in the military or it will change morale, um, that gay men are more likely to molest children than heterosexual men, um, that gay and lesbians don't deserve the same kinds of legal protections for their relationships as we do. I mean, I think that's still kind of weirdly present.
5: Mm -hmm. Are there
1: any others that you look at and go, Why? In this day and age, why does this still even exist?
2: Well, I mean, the the one we talked about on the first part of the show, um, uh, and the, uh, relationship and love expert or <laughs> ambassador. <laughs> yes. Ambassador. AI. I love that. I love that title. Is that fun or what? But, um, <laughs> we think, um, <clears throat> pardon me, um, we think that old people don't have strong sexual needs. And, I mean, that's crazy, too. I think a lot of people don't express those needs because they don't have partners or they've bought the myth themselves that they can't be sexual their whole life. But the fact is that many people can and they they don't express it because they would be found amusing or annoying to um, assert that part of their sexuality. So I think that's a big myth that we're working on.
1: Yeah, and I, on that note, what I want to do is ask every 70 to 80 year old to go out and have sex just to prove that this is a that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: okay, thank you. Sorry, so, I'll tell people. <laughs> what, I,
1: I have to say I love I love your work. You know why? Because you're constantly pushing the bar, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate um, the work that you do, and I thank you immensely for coming during a very busy schedule. Thank you so much for coming, and I'd love to have you again on the show because I just find your work fabulous, and I love hearing you speak all the time. Thank you, Dr. Pepper Schwartz.
2: Oh, thank you, CJ. so appreciate uh, the compliments, and I'd love to come with some other time. That would be great. Okay,
1: thanks so much. So up next, everyone, Rogany Rogany Michaels, an author, therapist, trainer, communication, and modeling skills specializing in behavioral change and uh, a marketplace mystic on sex and spirituality.
3: All right. It's 429 on WBLQ stereo 1230. Let's send it out to Valenti Subaru and Toyota. Stop number two in the Valenti family of dealerships right there in Dunn's Corners, Westerly. Let's send it out to Mark Sullivan and
5: the man, the myth, the legend, Brian. Thank you, Chris. Yes, indeed. We are out here at, at the crossroads of the universe. Little place we like to call Dunn's Corners here in Westerly. It's the location of stop number two in the, the galaxy of Bob Valenti Auto Mall outlets, we are at the Toyota Subaru stop right here at the corner of Route 1 and Langworthy Road in Westerly, Rhode Island, and here's Brian Gates to tell you what we're doing out here.
4: Yes, as a matter of fact, yeah, we are here. Valenti Family Dealership, Dunn's Corners, Westerly, Rhode Island, home of, as you know, Valenti Toyota and Valenti Subaru, and here we go. Remember, we have two huge service departments open six days a week until four o'clock, so let's spend a little time right now with Subaru. We're the largest stock in Subaru dealer in, in a 45-mile area with over 100 Subarus in stock. Nobody has that at all. And the way way they do that is that it's very simple. The more Subarus you sell, the more you get. So for the largest stock in one, guess what? We're selling a lot of Subarus. Look at these sales. At Valenti Subaru, a 2010 Forester for only 21638 That's saving $2,600. How about this nice little Impreza in the showroom floor? All-wheel drive Subaru Impreza, 2011 for only 199 a month. Remember, every Subaru is a four-wheel drive. But also... Subaru just got the number one National Highway Safety Administration 2010 top car. All the car lines number one when it comes to safety. At Valencia, Subaru the 2011 Outbacks running 21 995 saved 2100 dollars. Wow, nobody can do that deals. Now let's look at Toyota. Toyota Corollas right now for 149 a month. Toyota Camrys for only 159 a month. The Rav4 is running 199 a month. They're coming from Mass, Connecticut, Rhode Island. Remember, every vehicle sold gets a free oil uh, oil change program for life, a two-year, 25,000-mile maintenance program on all the Toyotas. Come experience the lengthy difference. One-hour delivery. Visit us right now, BobValentine.com. We have over 1,000 vehicles in stock, 401-322-7200. But remember, if we can't beat the competitor's price by $500, we'll give you back $1,000. And just smile. All right, Mark Sullivan?
5: Absolutely, Brian. You know, I like to call this new showroom that we're broadcasting from the Super Room. <laughs> Get it? Anyway, again, the location is Dunn's Corners, Wesley, Rhode Island, where Route 1, that is the Post Road, crosses Langwithy and the Bradford Road. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the Walmart. Here we are. Come see us at Valenti Auto Mall in Wesley, Rhode Island. Back to you, Chris. This is WBLQ, 1230 AM Stereo and dot net. <laughs>
4: Hi, this is Rob Valenti of the Bob Valenti Auto Mystic, Connecticut, home of Chevy, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Volkswagen. And here we go with our two huge Volkswagen locations. First, Mystic in the Bob Valenti Auto a 2011 Volkswagen Jetta for 169 a month, a 2011 Tiguan for 269 a month. Over 200 Volkswagens in stock. Diesels arriving daily. Hello, Volkswagen of Old Saybrook. A 2011 CC for $289 a month. A 2011 Touareg Sport VR6, $489 a month. How about a 2011 Volkswagen GTI for only $269 a month? Over 1,000 cars and trucks in stock. One hour delivery. Everybody drives away. Service open Monday through Saturday till 4 p.m. Business now at BobMillenny.com. Call now, 800-699-2571. Remember, folks, if I can't beat the competitor's price by $500, I'll give you $1,000 cash back. So just smile.
1: Old space. Old space.
5: 1230
3: WBLQ. You're listening to Fired Up with CJ on Transformation Talk Radio and Stereo 1230 WBLQ, your local hometown station.
1: listening to Fired Up with CJ on the Transformation Talk Radio Network. This segment, Rogany Michaels, an author, therapist, trainer of communication, of modeling skills, and a marketplace mystic. Welcome, Rogany.
6: Thanks, CJ. Glad to be here.
1: So I want to start off by asking, what is a marketplace mystic?
6: <laughs> a marketplace <clears throat> mystic by my definition is um, someone who is um, spiritually oriented but does not want to live in a monastery or go after the guru path and who lived in the world, has a job, is responsible for everything that you have, responsible for out here in the world. And uh, you do your life, but you're very aware that um, life is a mystery and that it influences everything you do every day.
1: Okay. Now tell us about... um... I know you have a wonderful, rich past, and um, I know that you once lived on Osho's, is it a ranch or a complex, or what is it called?
6: Uh, well, I lived at Rajneesh Puram in Oregon for a year, and I also lived in India in Pune for a while on and off for several okay, years. Okay, cool.
1: And I know that um, that Osho was quite controversial, particularly in his attitudes about um, about sex and spirituality, and I, I thought maybe you could share with us what you know, his general frame of reference is.
6: Well, of course, I can only give you how I understood it, but um, generally, you know, in India, he was known as the sex guru because in India, sex outside of marriage, even inside of marriage is not something that you really talk about or you're supposed to have fun with, similar to what we have here years ago. But um, he encouraged people to explore their sexuality, which is why he became known as, as the sex guru. But his yeah. basic um, philosophy on it, as far as I could tell, was that sex and spirituality were the same energy. They were just being expressed in different ways. And that there were stop, flip, stop, stops on the journey in between the, the, the basic expression of life energy as sexuality and the highest expression of life energy as spirituality. So it was an evolutionary move, and he was just trying to help people get past being stuck at the first level of expression, which was sexuality.
1: Oh, my goodness. That is so rich. I um, I have to break down what you said, as always, because your your words are like eating a dense chocolate cake every single bite is like amazing (laughs) i swear to god God, i'm like oh my god sex equals spirituality oh my god it's the same energy oh my god okay (laughs) so let's break that down so sex and spirituality same energy first what's that all about
6: well basically we're talking about life the the energy of life which if you've ever watched someone die or seen someone that you knew who was alive and then is no longer animated it becomes obvious and we don't have a lot of exposure to death in our culture but it is obvious when you see it that whatever was animating that body into life is no longer there So if we think of life energy as what is animating us alive from the moment we wake up till the time we go to sleep and keeps us awake during the night or keeps us alive during the night, that's what I'm talking about as life energy. And it can be expressed in a variety of different ways. And the first form of expression is sexuality. That is, of course, the biological drive to survive requires a strong sexual drive, which I think we all know is probably the most powerful drive there is. But if you express it then at other levels, it comes out in a different way.
1: Interesting. So it's life energy, sex. If you view life, if you view sex as life energy coming through yourself, is that what Mm -hmm. you meant by that?
6: That's that's exactly what I'm saying, yes. And then if you look at different ways that life energy can express itself, it takes different forms of expression. Um, Sex is one. Um, Emotions is another. Uh, The expression of life energy in the game of power is another relationships and intimacy is another, creativity is another, uh, reflection, um, also intellect, uh, and, you know, meditation is one of the other forms of the w- w- ways in which life expresses itself. So there's a lot of different forms of expression. One's not really better or higher than the other, although we tend to think of sexuality as lower than spirituality. But from this perspective, it's just life energy flowing in one particular form of expression.
1: Okay, so let's contrast life energy expressing itself through intercourse versus life energy expressing itself through. Um, I mean, is there a sexual, uh, spiritual sex? I mean,
6: <laughs> yes, actually there is. It's called tantra. It's actually what it's called. Tantric sex. Okay. Is kind All of right. Let's actually look at those
1: is. two levels of sex and contrast. Like, what's the difference between those two? I'm just trying to figure out. I'm trying to understand what you're saying about life energy. And well, in tantric, sex,
6: in, in tantric sex, the energy, it, it, what you're doing is you're focusing on the energy in your body, and it's really not about orgasm. It's about riding the peaks and valleys without completely throwing out your energy so that you're feeling depleted. Which, you know, is a grand feeling at the end of orgasm. No, no question about that. But in a spiritual, in tantric sex, what you're attempting to do in many ways is ride the energy itself Without uh, losing it at a, without expa- expressing it fully at the peak. Now, what's the purpose of that? Part of the purpose is to understand that sex and connection with another person isn't is has a different level in addition to physical, and that's energetic, as well as emotional. So, so are these sex tantric sex more...
1: people very unsatisfied?
6: <laughs> no, actually, it's not. Because here's the thing: if you're not aiming for an orgasm as your primary outcome then there's an enormous amount of the sexual experience that's just pure pleasure. And you can actually develop, a, develop yourself so that you can actually stay in that wonderful space for quite a long time. You know, and sometimes we rush to orgasm rather than enjoying the journey there. You know, if you find a nice little oasis, you might want to set up camp there for a while, you know.
1: <laughs> Pull out the grill and have a nice time. Okay, so the tantric sex is like not, fo- it's focusing on the process versus the destination. Gosh, is yes.
6: that right? That's, that's generally speaking correct, yes. And it, it's focusing on the energetic side of it and the emotional side of it as opposed to the physical side of it where the the orgasm is the point for the physical level.
1: And, okay, the, so and, and that's I understand. what drives us I to have
6: sex I... and, and keep the species going.
1: Okay, I'm going to ask you a really personal question, and you don't have to answer it, honestly. So, um, (laughs) because I'm not sure if I've had tantric sex yet. What? What was your question? Go ahead. So, um, the question is tantric sex. I mean, tell us the mechanics. Like, how does one have tantric sex? I mean, what do you do to get there, and how do you arrive there?
6: Well, there's a lot of different ways. There are a lot of people who teach tantric sex. If you're really, if you're interested in learning the techniques, there are books on it. But it basically has to do with learning how to run life energy through your own system. And of course, it really, it talks about chakras, you know, the energy centers in the body. And actually, just to give you a brief overview, um, pardon me tantric teachers if this is not accurate because I'm not a tantric teacher. But generally when you have a partner, the sex, the life energy goes from you into your partner and from your partner back into you. So you've got a circle going, right, Mm -hmm. between you and your partner. Basically, you want to be able to have that circle go on your own, right, so that you don't need the partner to bring you there. And, again, this is about uh, uh, lifting your awareness to what life energy is all about and that you as an individual human being um, have everything within you to also run that energy. Now, to procreate the species, tantric sex may not be what you want to do, (laughs) You know, yeah, so I you don't even understand.
1: understand, is that masturbating? What is going that circle on your own? <laughs> just no, it's running understand. the energy on your own. It's running the
6: energy. It's a different kind of thing. It's more visualization and actually feeling an actual real sensation in your body of energy that you're then moving through your body from one, as they call it, chakras or energy centers, from one place to another place to another place, and bringing it up and th- up through your spiritual, through all the levels, and then back down again. So, that you've got ah, a so it's not of with life the partner energy. at all. It's just
1: being by yourself and running your energy and and filling the life, filling yourself with the life energy. Is that right?
6: In in a way, it is. And of course, you use your partner to do that because you want to have this kind of love and connection between you and your partner, right? And, and so it's it's not about not having physical intercourse. It's just about learning an additional level of what you could do with life energy in the sexual mm-hmm. context.
1: All right, I find this completely fascinating. I want to talk to you more after the break about <laughs> sex and spirituality, and um, I think you call it collapsing of levels, and we will soon find out more about that. Um, Ragini Michaels, our marketplace mystic on sex and spirituality. you want to know more about Rogany or listen to this or other shows, check it out at www.firedupwithcj.com or Ragini's website, which is www.facticity.com. We'll be right back.
3: You're listening to Fire It Up with CJ on Transformation Talk Radio and Stereo 1230 WBLQ.
0: your daily grind not living up to your greatest potential then it's time to turn up the heat and get real with what truly matters be it family career wellness spirituality or anything else that fuels your inner flame join fire it up with cj as this respected life coach talks to a wide range of experts and everyday people for their inspiring and unconventional ideas to help you make the most from your life Equal parts heart-warmer, cheerleader, and butt-kicker, C.J. Liu draws on her extensive experience in business and life coaching, along with her intuition and playful humor, to address meaningful topics with truth and irreverence. It takes just one spark to ignite a fire. For dates and showtimes, visit www.fireitupwithcj.com or www.transformationtalkradio.com.
7: The innate healer relies upon us to assist in this healing process. Our role is to identify its needs, provide the substances required for the healing, and remove the obstacle. CRA, Contact Reflex Analysis, is an energy assessment which translates human energy into information. This information provides me with the ability to identify your needs as a healer and to design a specific solution for you. Contact us to achieve optimal health at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777. And visit us at maryjanemack.com. Oh, aren't you tired of the same old negative vibe? Hey, Valerie, have you heard about TransformationTalkRadio.com? No, what's that?
2: Dr. Pat is launching a new network. and she- Dr. Pat? Dr. Pat, how many hours is she going to be on? It won't be all Dr. Pat. She'll be joined by her friends, transformative hosts from around the globe. TransformationTalkRadio.com is a 24-7 network. 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her guests? No, 24 hours of Dr. Pat and her hosts. Oh, very good. When does this start? This starts in August. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Where is it going to be broadcast? You're going to be able to hear her in Seattle, Boston, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, on over 300 cable radio stations and on the Internet everywhere. Listen live at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Great, we should spread the word. Absolutely, spread the word. Go
7: to TransformationTalkRadio.com.
5: 1230
3: WBLQ. You're listening to Fire It Up with CJ on Transformation Talk Radio and Stereo 1230 WBLQ.
1: Hi, I'm CJ Liu and you're listening to Fired Up with CJ on the Transformation Talk Radio Network. This segment, Raggedy Michaels, our mystic, our marketplace mystic on spirituality and sex, continuing our conversation on that. Um, gosh, I have so many different directions, Raggedy. So one would be, um, talking about when Pepper was on, she was talking about, um, <laughs> um, the conservative groups and their, their standpoint on sex and all of this stuff has a lot of religious roots and um i'm wondering what your perspective is on um i heard pepper's perspective but what's your perspective on um people thinking about sex as um evil or at lust is evil um You know, Pepper approached it from like, hey, this is from the Bible, but what is it that they're misunderstanding from a spiritual level, these people who are so conservative?
6: Well, that's a hard question because a lot of it, you're asking me from a spiritual perspective, not a religious perspective. So the world of religion is a bit different than the world of spirituality, and it really isn't in some ways fair to take the understanding of life from a spiritual perspective, and use it to make a comment about life from a religious perspective. Religion is way more um, focused on moral morality and rules than a spiritual life is, which is actually focused more on finding your own inner guide and following it. And many times, religious groups will talk about that as um, relativity. You know, you change morality based on that, how whether it's relative or not to a circumstance. And again, that's that's reasonable from a religious perspective, but not reasonable from a spiritual perspective. So, I think, in terms of evolution, or in terms of of, of, of people being in different places, because I don't mean to say one's better than the other, one is more, I would say, creates easier travel on this plane than the other one. I think spirituality provides easier movement on this plane of reality than much of religion, much of the religious view around sexuality does, because sex is the strongest drive in the human species and in all species, and it's there biologically, it's part of nature, and you're not going to get rid of it. So you better deal with it in some way or another, and I think it's just though the religious approach is attempting to deal with that by okay, saying don't do it.
7: It's, it's
1: just yes. one approach on how to deal with what is innately human, right? Yes. I mean, we, are, yes. we have a drive to procreate that's uniquely human. What's a different way of dealing with it?
6: Well, first of all, I think understanding it is, un- it is innately human and that it, because it involves another human being it also—who who is also an emotional being as well as a sexual being, you know, it's not as simple as it sounds, who also has power issues because we all want life to be the way we want it to be. We all have a heart that wants to be close and yet wants to be distant. We all want to be who we are. I and mean, all of these issues come into play the minute you look at somebody and feel like you want to have sex with them whether you're conscious of all those levels or not. So it's complicated, you know, in, in a way. And, of course, the best thing you can do is know as much as you can about yourself and what you want in that scenario, um, and then, you know, do whatever it is you need to do to get what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Um, it's a complicated issue. I don't think it's simple at all because human beings are complex.
1: Okay. So let, let's note that it's innately human. That's one thing. So that's one thing to know. The second point is we're emotional beings and have power issues. How does power and sex relate?
6: Uh Well, they're strong issues. I mean, they're both strong drives. You know, the need for power, from a spiritual perspective, is an evolutionary fact. I mean, it's it's simply something that you have to go through in your personality development in order to learn how to live with other people. It's part of the the dynamic of learning how to how to be a part of a society or a part of a team or a part of a family because developmentally you go through that stage around age two where you're the center of the universe. Some of us never grow out of it. I meet my two-year-old many times in a day, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wants life to be the way I want it to be and I engage momentarily in the quest for power to make it the way I want it. Okay. whether it's, you know, the rain and I want it to be sunny or a, a, a partner or a friend who's doing something that is hurting my feelings. You know, it just it has all kinds of different ways. But uh, the life energy, as I said earlier, comes in many different forms. And when you know how to navigate spiritually from the sex, the emotions, the power for intimacy to be yourself and to be a part of a team, then it becomes uh, easier to deal with it. And I think the uh, most spiritual paths... A lot of them help you do that better.
1: Okay, so the I'm still having a difficulty understanding the power and sex. So the sex is, if you view sex as is, an energy and life force that's going through you. Yeah, and then you okay, also cool. have this this dynamic of we, all of us care about power, whether it's at age two, or, and that probably changes over time. How are those two things related?
6: Okay, if we go back to what I originally said, that life energy moves and expresses itself in different ways. Think for a moment about the power of your sexual drive and how it's influenced your life. Now mm-hmm. take that same energy as if a fire hydrant, right? Is You've opened up a fire hydrant and that's the energy, the, the force of the water coming out of that fire hydrant is the force of life energy. When you want mm-hmm. sex, you want it, right? Now, it's not going through the sex channel, now it's going through the power channel, I don't just want sex, I don't want you, I want this job, I want money, I want life to be sunny today, you know, and it's the same force of energy going through, and so you have to learn how to navigate that flow of life energy as it comes through you in these different ways. Does that help? Uh, yes,
1: yeah. so part of it is, one, realize that um, sex is innately human. To realize that you have this incredible drive and it's as much you as it's life energy that's flowing through you and trying to figure out how to deal with that powerful life energy that's going through you and, mm-hmm. and figuring out what to do with it, right? Because if it it's is a powerful,
6: I mean, when you have that much power, you kind of want to use it. <laughs> right. It's right? called being a teenager, right?
1: <laughs> It's called puberty and being a teenager. Yes, it is. It is.
6: The thing cool. is, is that most of us have many parts of us that are still stuck in those places because we don't really know how to navigate our sexuality or our quest, our thirst for power, or our emotions. You know, mm-hmm. so it, sometimes we get stuck in those three areas, and that's where being able to have your life energy also, also go through the spiritual expression helps because now you have some information maybe on how to navigate those things a little bit better.
1: Okay, let's take the third one part that you talked about about heart and emotions and 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 sex. What's how do you view the connection among those three?
6: Well, I honestly think that the three of those have to somehow come together via an awakening to the fact that there's another person in the relationship in addition to you. <laughs> And it's pretty amazing how most of us don't see that. I mean, I've worked, right. with, I've worked with a lot of couples, and they're stuck in power trips primarily when they come to see me. One person wants it one way, the other person wants it a different way, and they both have the same complaint about each other. But the primary issue is I want the relationship to be my way, and you need to change. And that's mm-hmm. not really understanding the dynamic of being in a relationship. It doesn't, you just don't understand relating, right? Mm-hmm. so so it's it's learning how to deal with your drive for sexuality and your need for affection and touching and being held, and your need for intimacy with emotions, your need for some distance, and then your need to understand, you know, to get have life be at least half the time the way you want it to be. So mm-hmm. those things go together when you learn how to put them all together. Um, and I'm saying, of course, spiritual insight can help you do that because you, when you learn you're more than just your body and your sex drive and your lust for power and your hurt feelings, it becomes a little bit easier to deal with them and navigate them.
1: Okay, so I think I get it. So part of it is, you know, this life energy has different ways of expressing. And then, you know, it's all, and it's and it's it's commingled with our emotions, our feelings, you know, Harlequin romances that we see. I mean, all these different things are kind of commingled in a really muddy kind of path. And what I'm thinking I'm hearing you say is that we have to realize that it is all commingled. And um, two, that um, we need to, uh, once we understand that, we can actually relate to it differently versus a me versus you, my way is better. It's, hey, understand that each of us has our own stories and, and combinations of emotion, drive, intimacy, and to be um, aware of those things. Um, Perfect. You got it. Okay, on that note, thank you, Rogany. I really want to thank you for coming You're here welcome. and talking to us about sex and spirituality. What an interesting topic that someone would never think about combining together. <laughs> if you want to know more about our guests um, or listen to other shows, check it out on www.firedupwithcj. Next week, we are going to have Nick Corey as part of our continuation of March Madness, the former head of the New York Arab American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee, and he's going to offer his thoughts on what is happening in the Middle East. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time.
0: You've been listening to Fire It Up with CJ. Tune in each week on Transformation Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time for more of Fire It Up with CJ. It takes just one spark to ignite a fire. For dates and showtimes, visit www.fireitupwithcj.com or www.transformationtalkradio.com.